Listeners, you found Rankin Review episode 209. This episode is the first of a two-part odyssey in which Mr. Lee Beckman and your host and random Canadian Larry Parsons are going to look at John Rambo and Harry Callahan. That's right, it's Rambo versus Dirty Harry. There are five Dirty Harry movies, there are five Rambo pictures. We're going to review them all. We're going to rank them together. We're going to have the most macho, testosterone-related battle ever recorded, hopefully. So yes, just by listening to this here episode, you may become more masculine. You'll have a higher testosterone count, etc. Um, so yeah, we have two franchises that mirror each other in a lot of ways that I had not formally or acknowledged or realized so uh it actually proved out to be more of an interesting uh, episode than i'd expected and uh the strengths and weaknesses were found in different places than i'd expected and i'm wondering if you agree do you have a preference between dirty harry and john rambo uh if you do you should let me know because as always you can send your feedback to rankinreview at gmail.com that's r-a-n-k-n-r-e-v-i-e-w at gmail.com I keep forgetting to mention, but it maybe should go without saying at this point that Rankin Review contains spoilers for the films being reviewed, and it contains coarse fucking language, especially from its host and random Canadian. So I'm sorry. The website is rankinreview.ca if you want to check out some of the other episodes, and uh, I really appreciate your ears. I would really appreciate it if you told other people that like movies to listen to the podcast, and... Uh, if you need something to fill your ears with, check out the Shelf Shedding Movie Show, hosted by Jason Dubray, and check out the Terror Table podcast. And if this happens to catch your ears before the 3rd of June, 2022, which is, I realize, highly unlikely, Mitch Oliver has a film premiering in Saskatoon at the Broadway Theater at 7.45 p.m. So uh, that is The Druid's Hand. And, uh, you know, I'm a filmmaker in Saskatchewan, so I like to support other filmmakers in Saskatchewan. Plus, Mitch is a cool guy. He's been on the show. So if this catches your ears and if you can make it to his screening, check that out. And in the meantime, thank you for tuning in to Rank and Review. Let's get dirty and let's talk about Rambo. Mr. Lee Beckman. Is joining your host and random Canadian in the garage, in person, face to fucking face. I'm home. <laughs> We're home. I'm and back. 
It's been too long. I want to once again apologize for the continual technical difficulties that we've been having with these recording sessions. It's just um, the great thing about having you here, other than it's great to see you, yeah. is that that's not going to be an issue. We're going to both sound crystal clear. Not one of I us know. on the phone, not one of us through the computer. Yeah. I feel like the age of COVID has put this like dark cloud over like everything, but mainly my podcast it's my podcast that's been hit hardest i agree i agree (laughs) as long as this is running we're okay we're okay anyway um this is going to be an epic conversation that we're Mm -hmm. going to have and we're going to talk about two very masculine uh figures uh i i suppose i don't know would you count dirty harry's action movies would you say they're more thrillers um, I would I neo noir police thrillers. I kind of the tend to veer action at some point, but there's, I would argue neo noir. There's always a point where, in spite of all the other things that's going on, Harry has to stop what he's doing and kill a random bad guy who's yeah. robbing a bank or a restaurant. Or they something. are violent pictures. Yeah. They are anyway, like, and there's car chases. Yeah, so Dirty Harry was probably the the, the first of it we're going to see, and the second we're going to talk about is Rambo, John Rambo. I'm already dripping with sweat. <laughs> <laughs> um, both have five films in the franchise. Both of them are very of their time. Both of them have aged questionably. (laughs) Questionably? You say that like a question? And uh, both of them have things to say about, um, I don't know, this sort of dude bro angle of of action movies. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. One could even argue, you know, the toxic masculinity, but that... I guess you'd have to say in a fight, probably John Rambo was going to win in a oh, physical fist hands fight. down. He would, like, snap dirt, you know, Dirty Harry like a twig. But as far as macho dick measuring, that would be a, uh, that would be a whole other yeah. <laughs> conversation altogether. Yeah. yeah. But what we're going to do, Mr. Beckman and I, we're going to discuss all ten of these films. Yep. And then we're going to, I guess, rank them. Do you want to rank them separately and together or just together i think we should just do it in like one long list one big group of 10 yes i guess within that group of 10 you'll also be getting the list of of the yeah dirty harry and and john rambo yeah so who do you want to talk about first in this by way of introduction well i want to talk like more as like the theme of the show uh, because I do like some of the themes of your shows like you know breast episode ever or um I mean, I don't know, um, WTF. So for this one, I kind of want to do the whole, like, Maturian candidate kind of theme. <laughs> uh, I, I sort of think that, that, you know, in an alternate universe, you know, much like your Predator 2 review, right. I think both of these, you know, uh, characters are actually, like, secret, you know, agent assassins from some shadowy organization known as, like, maybe The Help or something. Right. Um, because they're both addicted to the righteous kill. <laughs> they, 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 it's not just sort of, oops, I showed up at the right place, wrong time. I secretly think that they are addicted to the righteous kill. They, they... I think a case could be made that both of them approach being fascist murderers. But <laughs> oh no, they love it. They love it. Like, like, make no mistake about them. They are. Psychopaths. I will even say that Rambo turns into Frankenstein's mon- monster, you know, by like the, the I 
say the fourth film for sure, but we'll get there. These two are monsters. Like, they are serial killers. <laughs> they well, enjoy what they do. Infamously, uh, sort of famous film critic by way of internet troll before there were internet trolls, Pauline Keel, yep. called Dirty Harry a fascist movie. And yes. I actually went and read the review that she wrote, and she makes a pretty good case, yes. to be fair. But I want to be careful about this kind of judgment. I'm a person who enjoys, like, your Friday the 13th yes. and your Nightmare on Elm Street. And I am very capable of, you know, separating reality and fantasy. I think they were trying to have their cake and eat it, too. It's also what's going on in the world, like the time and place that Dirty Harry came out. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely in courting the controversy of it. Um, I actually think that Dirty Harry is probably one of the more expensive exploitation pictures of the last 50 years. Because um, like, what it's trying to do is, like, how dirty can this cop really be? It benefits from being part of that era of 70s crime picture. Yeah. Where the style and the vibe and the feel of the movies, we've talked about this before, it feels super authentic. Yeah. But just because something feels super authentic on the screen yeah. does not in any way mean that it's a reflection of reality. Yeah. And like and I think in almost all of these movies, I'm try I tried to actually go back and keep track, but Callahan shoots a dude in the back in almost every one of these oh, yeah. movies. Like, yeah, no, like he is a serial killer. I I'm not I am not like that is how I'm describing them. I, I remember memorably at the beginning of Deadpool, I'm just using that as an example because it's fresh in my mind because I just yeah. watched it last night, but like yeah. one of the dudes at the beginning who tries to take him out drops the gun and runs. He's yeah. unarmed, yep. he's fleeing, yep. his back is to Callahan, yep. and Callahan murders him. Yep. <laughs> like, and it's like... And we're supposed to cheer, that's the thing. This like, was 1988. This was the age of cops kill without remorse, and yeah. we like that. Yeah. And in 1988... Yay, I guess. But today, <laughs> twenty twenty two, it's a different age. So you look back at that dirty, hairy stuff, especially because it's trying to present "quote unquote" real. Yeah, I can completely just let go of any kind of reality, especially the deeper we get into Rambo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's the attempted earnestness that I think, in the end of the day, is hurting. Dirty Harry, because I have to say, when I came into this like versus episode, yeah, I, I thought like you know I was really looking forward to both of them, yeah. and I thought it was going to be more of a struggle to get through Rambo and sort of a nostalgic fun ride through Dirty Harry, yeah. And my expectation kind of got reversed upon watching them. Well, there's two different kinds of Dirty Harry movies. There's the sort of neo noir detective stories, and that's two of them. And the other two are really kind of right wing cartoons that are really trying to plug those conservative values. Um, and those are kind of more hard to watch. Um, where the Rambo films are, with the exception of the first one, really always have been cartoons. Like, they are. like but They gave up the struggle yeah. in a weird way. I yeah. think in both franchises, again, I don't want to speak for you, but in yeah. both franchises, the first entry is loudly the best. Yes. <laughs> and... Yeah. Um, there's certainly a reason for that. In both cases, the characters are, are really well-defined, yeah. problematic or not. And I think yeah. both characters are very problematic in their own ways, yeah. but by design. you know, yeah. Rambo is a damaged war veteran who has 
violence fundamentally like burned into his system. Yeah. As much as the Brian Dennehy character who starts all the ball rolling with this lifetime of violence, yeah. post-war violence that Bram was about to go on, uh, is a dick to him. Yeah. He's also not wrong his instinct that this guy is violent and dangerous. <laughs> it's just his fault that he triggers the violence and danger. Well, he goes way out of his way. Like, he makes every wrong decision. Yeah. I, I don't... I, we can get into Rambo because... Well, we'll talk about yeah, it when yeah, yeah, the yeah, movie. Yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying generally, like, they define that character. Yeah. He is broken and there is... Violence is fundamentally part of who he is. Yeah. Callahan... You know, he doesn't respect the powers that be. He doesn't like the system. He's a libertarian. Uh, and uh, he wants to do things by his own terms and more or less does things by his own terms. And he can, you know, be halfway through his lunch, shoot a bunch of guys, mm -hmm. and go back and finish his lunch and not be troubled by it. Yeah. And not only are we not supposed to question it, yeah. we are supposed to think it is super cool yep and in 72 was that dirty harry or 73 uh we could definitely look we'll it up figure it out yeah, um, yeah. uh when when that was released i genuinely think it was cool and i think like the the more the the more it ages the more the edge gets sharper and yeah. sharper and sharper yeah. it was an edgy movie right out the gate i'm not yeah. trying to downplay that yeah but it's one of those things where it seems like over the line almost now at times comparatively well, it was argued it was over the line originally uh, right. we have to keep in mind that the late 60s has ha had just happened vietnam is like still ongoing yeah and mu much like today in a lot of ways there was starting to be a, a huge social shift um and so dirty harry whether it wanted it to be or not all of a sudden became this sort of giant uh, response from another political edge, the conservative edge, if you will, where you you know you had young people smoking dope and kind of having sex in in parks and you know trip out and free love and you know our government is evil, the Vietnam War is on and and, and you know, yada 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 all of that, uh, and so there you know there was this backlash all of a sudden which was you know Dirty Harry and, and the forces sort of came together in that regard. Yeah. Um, and I somehow expect in some ways, not right now, but at some point the pendulum is starting to turn a little bit. I do wonder if we'll get another kind of form of Dirty Harry in the future. Well, certainly this kind of sentimentality hasn't gone away by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But it's more critical, criticized now than celebrated. Oh, yes. So, uh, and, and I think that Dirty Harry, especially as we move on, along with it, is sort of asking us to celebrate it a little bit. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, and um, But they're also doing it with a straight face, whereas I really feel like Rambo is... It gets so ludicrous that it has to be just deliberate. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they famously, of course, Charlie Sheen starred in a couple of satire movies that were yeah. basically making fun of the the Rambo movies yeah. and you know a lot of the stuff with Richard Crenna and the relationship with Rambo it very make fun of a book oh, <laughs> like yeah. it's like it's so macho and so like over the top yeah but in that sort of great popcorn movie thing yeah. this is the scene that has to happen that will set up the action so that Rambo can go and kill yeah. people yeah oh yeah and uh 
Yes, it, one would say maybe it's a weakness that I can absolutely see the structural bones of a Rambo movie much clearer than I can in in a Dirty Harry movie. One of the Dirty Harry movies is a rape revenge. Yes, <laughs> so like yep. uh, it's dark. It's dark. <laughs> I also think the interesting parallel is the stars we have of these two movies. Yeah, in the seventies, arguably there was no bigger star in the world than Clint Eastwood, and in the eighties arguably there was no bigger star in the world than Sylvester Stallone and uh, Stallone has several franchises but I uh, like Rambo or I guess Rocky is probably his signature franchise since he was more creatively invested in those he directed three films in that franchise yeah Uh, Clint directed one of the Dirty Harry movies he did Stallone's in denial about his aging yeah, like, like, oh. like a ridiculous degree, especially when we get the last blood. And again, we'll have that conversation. Yeah, 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 that yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. But Clint definitely knows that you know he's in his nineties. You know, yeah. like I'm surprised he's not dead. Yeah, well, he's definitely lived hard, played hard. Um, where these movies lead us to, too, is really interesting. Like. Almost in both cases, and I don't want to spoil anything, like, with their last entries, I feel like they definitely went into Last Blood knowing it was the last Rambo movie. Yeah. And I feel like they, on some sense, must have known with Deadpool that the time was running out for yeah. Callahan. Yeah. I, I, I think that they both deserved a better landing than they're, uh, than they're given. I agree. <laughs> so, I agree. it's weird because I didn't choose these two because they aligned so perfectly, but as we watched, or as I watched them, I'm, they aligned more and more. Well, I think without, I will say this about Dirty Harry, without Dirty Harry, there's no Snake Plissken. No. Um, there's no really Ra- John Rambo in a lot of ways. Uh, there's no um, Martin Riggs. He's the, the anti-hero. He is one of the uh, archetypes of what became as at least the 80s action hero yeah. uh, he you know they're the king of the one liners here we've got so we've got <laughs> at least two classic one liners here I mean you can mock them if you must no, and, no they're immortal they're yeah but every film has you know some kind of one liner every film tries to have yes. that moment yes <laughs> that is better said yes, yes. I uh, think two of them nail it yeah yeah and they do actually come in strange times in a lot of ways yes. and they repeat them which I think don't think you should but regardless um, so you have you know as a lover of cinema uh, uh, I have to leave give credit where credit is due that you know Dirty Harry was the archetype for what did become sort of the 80s action hero. He wasn't maybe as big and muscly, you know, I say as Arnold or Stallone or even as fast as, you know, Seagal or Van Damme. Um, but definitely the sort of like scowly, grunty, I, I, I hate the system, one lining, shoot him out and let, let God sort him out later. Kill him all, let God sort him out. Uh, action hero. Like, Dirty Harry Callahan, you know, is that archetype. And a lot of 80s and like cops movies like had that you yeah. know like the Murtaugh rigs lethal weapon cops kill without remorse thing yeah. I really do think it was kind of born out of Dirty Harry yeah. whereas they took the edge out of it and tried to just make it a straight fun action movies and they don't want you to think about it or they're not trying to make a statement and the later into Dirty Harry the closer to lethal weapon they kind of become in that way yeah yeah but at the same time they do well they do try and be serious and poke the political bear mm-hmm. um, they also do respond to their critics 
which is interesting as well. Well, uh, I feel like Clint is there to sort of stand proud for, you know, the boomer generation sort of chip on their shoulder, you know. Mm-hmm. He's your he's your racist uncle with a magnum, right? He's he's representing that perspective. Yeah. Right? And, you know, Rambo's here to rewin the Vietnam War. He's here to make us convinced that no, we didn't lose. We yeah. won Vietnam. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, those are both ridiculous things. Like, yeah. uh, like, like, like. Those are both ridiculous purposes, and just recognize that, and then I think you can enjoy those movies. But if you choose to take these movies yeah. too seriously, yes. then you'll hate these movies. Oh god! And you're not listening to this, so I don't know who I'm talking to. And that is sort of the struggle I had with these movies: is you know, why can't I just turn off and enjoy the the bloodshed or? you know, at least the sort of aesthetic, you know, artistry of some of these films. Um, why can't it, why can't it just be sort of junk food in that sort of way? But at the same time, more especially with the Dirty Harry, but the John Rambo films, they just... <laughs> anyway, I have a dumb smile on my face. Yeah. Um, I don't think Dirty Harry wants me to have a dumb smile on my face. I think they want me to be moved and to think, but yeah. I have a dumb smile on my face. Yeah. That's how I choose to enjoy it. Yes, and that's that's probably the smartest way. Should we list them off? Is there anything else you want to say before? No, no, I think we, we've talked quite okay. a bit, actually. Um, so we have five Dirty Harry films and five John Rambo films. The yeah. Dirty Harry movies are Dirty Harry, mm. Magnum Force, uh. The Enforcer, Ooh. Sudden Impact, yeah. and The Deadpool. Ooh. Rambo, we have First Blood. We have Rambo, First Blood Part 2. Yeah. Then we have Rambo 3. Yay! Then we have Rambo. Yep. And then we have Rambo Last Blood. Yeah. If they could have a more confusing line yeah. <laughs> of titles, you know, to keep everybody straight. Yeah. Um, yes, a distinct pattern will be noticed here, but uh, I think we're going to have some fun with it. Yep, yep. This is about a movie about a couple of killers. Harry Callahan. homicidal maniac. The one with the badge is Harry. There were a lot of reasons they called him Dirty Harry. And he kept inventing new ones. Don't pass out on me. If there was ever a movie that was of its time, that sort of spoke of the early 70s and the vibe of that tactile, grungy crime film like it's Dirty Harry and there are others like it and I think that are uh, even a little bit more seriously minded the French Connection comes to mind yeah Uh, this is 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 that almost the same year or I'm not even sure I think we're a year away from the French Connection but I mean as far as the central character of of the movie being a cop who blurs the lines and is kind of overt in French Connection he's very overt about his racism really and uh, I would yeah and, and here, Dirty Harry is very overt in his sort of, he's going to do it his way and usually answer, solving things with his magnum. Um, I think the movie benefits so much from that time and that style where they, sure. they just made crime movies in such a crazy way. Like, 
you could do the list or like Serpico Mean Streets, fucking Godfather, yeah. like all, all of these, all of these crime movies came out that they were just like that are still watched today. You know, yes, 50, Dirty Harry is completely and utterly undeniably watchable. Yeah, fifty years later, people are still talking about it. You know, like we're. <laughs> Uh, it, it obviously made an impression, and there's a reason that it's still around. Coming into the Dirty Harry franchise, I was, like I said, looking forward to it. And once upon a time, you and I did a, a black exploitation episode, which yep. was also set in the, the 70s and largely to do with deal with crime. Yeah. And I was sort of looking forward to watching Shaft because I'd expected it to kind of be this gleefully over-the-top sort of satirical fun thing. Yeah. And I was a little bit unpleasantly surprised that that's not what they delivered. Now, it's not yeah. the movie's fault, but it's not what they delivered. Yeah. I had a memory in my head of what Dirty Harry movies were. Sure. And a lot of that was just me being a kid and Dad was watching them. And sometimes I was impatient because I yeah. wanted to be watching something else. Yeah. But um, my memory of them and the reality of them are two different things. Okay. I'd forgotten in a lot of ways how self-serious these movies were, how straight-faced. Sure. We're, to, we're juxtaposing these movies against the Rambo franchise. And yep. Whereas Rambo gets like more and more comfortable with being ridiculous. Yep. Uh, I think that Dirty Harry is trying to say stuff. They're trying to make some points. Okay. They're trying to score some points. And uh, I don't know that that's necessarily serving an agenda over top of entertaining people, but some of it has aged uncomfortably. Oh, yes. Yes, that I will agree. I think, uh, and I said this before, that I think there are two different hairy, um, dirty, hairy movies. I think there's the ones that are the sort of the neo-noir detective uh, thriller, like police thriller stories, and then there's the one that are the cartoonish, like over-the-top giggle bazooka shooting at a lighthouse move at Dirty Harry. Yeah. So um, I, I, I sort of turn a little bit... Like, there are some Dirty Harry movies that are utterly comedically ridiculous. <laughs> and not and then there's some really uncomfortable politics, shall we say, say, that are horribly outdated. But at the time that this movie was aired, when, for instance... Uh, and again, we, it, it's dramatically satisfying in the movie. Yeah. Uh, the killer that he's hunting has been yeah. badly wounded, and yeah. Dirty Harry is sticking his foot into the wound. It's an and the uncomfortable guy's scene. Screaming, but in the theater, people were cheering this. Mm -hmm. That is a thing that happened. Yes. Now, it's not that I'm sympathetic to this terrible killer who, like, again, they go so far out of their way to make him, like, one of the most evil son-of-a-bitches that ever graced the screen. So yeah. no matter what happens to him, we're never going to come close to sympathizing with him. Yeah. But real world, everybody is entitled to a defense. Yep. And if you're a police officer, you can't torture people for information, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, again, if the movie was asking the question, great. But I think we're, like... Yeah, Harry. Yeah. I also think there is some tactile discomfort in the fact that they literally basically used the Zodiac Killer as the, the map for the Scorpio Killer in this yeah. movie, yeah. including the whole thing with him. Zodiac wrote a letter to the cops saying he was going to shoot kids on a school bus. Yeah. And they incorporate a bunch of kids on a school bus into the movie. And it's shot in San Francisco, in and around the area. Like, it's... Tactless. Yes. Tact 
less. It reminds me of like the uh, uh, Charlton Heston and, and all of the gun nuts showing up into towns where uh, there'd been school shootings to have NRA rallies. Yeah. Like just rubbing salt in the wound unnecessarily. There's a scene in the movie Zodiac, yeah. I always remember, where the lead detective on the Zodiac case walks out of the premiere yeah. of Dirty Harry. Yeah, and, well, because the character's based off him. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would be sympathetic to that because yeah. I don't think I would want to be portrayed as Dirty Harry. Yeah. Now, objectively, again, as we look at him as sort of the figurehead of... Clint Eastwood, sure. badass man. With he's no gonna name. he's gonna clean the streets with his pistol, yeah. and let's just enjoy it as an action movie. Yeah, I guess I can get behind that, but it really feels to me like that's not what the movie is trying to be. Yeah, I think they really needed to get rid of that opening crawl with the sense, you know, thank you to all the you know brave police officers that have self serious their... there. Yeah, yeah. Um, because. At the heart of it, this is really a pulp film noir exploitation picture. And the reality of the presentation undercuts that in a weird way. Yeah, I can buy that. Um, the, time and place, I think, made this sort of kind of a, a response from one area of America. the so Almost the older generation, because... We were seeing, you know, an older generation was seeing, you know, our younger folks saying our government was awful. And I'm thinking from an American point of view, not not from a Canadian. You know, they were smoking dope in parks and free love. and you We know, know you hate hippies. Like, no, 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 <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Um, and you know, here was this person that was going to shoot them all and let God sort them out kind of response. That's right. Yeah, and so of course uh, the minorities are are almost well, the criminal minorities are shown as just like evil, um, and that's kind of just one of those weird pills. We're also you know living in a world where you know George Floyd was murdered, so. You know, there is this reckoning going on with law enforcement. Oh, we look at the movie differently now. You can't help it. But if I was even present, I think, because uh, at that time, because we had the civil rights movement where a whole swath of police uh, forces were, you know, going into ghettos and on on live TV, bleeding up, beating up a whole lot of African Americans. Mm -hmm. Um, So the film was even a hot topic, a hot button movie uh, even upon release it's a big budget exploitation picture yeah so i think from that sort of entertainment level um people should go in in that sort of way like how for 1960s how dirty was our dirty harry going to be you know he was going to you know still obsessed and with the righteous kill and he finds himself just even by accident where he's needed somehow to shoot him up and clean up the streets um, but sort of take it that way. Um, but I can definitely understand another facet of society having real problems with the moral stance of the film. The other side of the argument, because I feel like I've been sounding really negative, and yeah. the truth is, I do think it's a good movie. It's a classic movie. That's where it's kind of coming to. Yeah. yeah uh, again, I feel like, unfortunately, we have to like climb through a bunch of weeds before we can actually get to the meat and potatoes of yeah. the movie. But I do think it's a great movie, and like there are just these iconic scenes. Yes, and it opens with like Harry's eating lunch, yeah. and across the street a crime starts taking place. Yeah, and Harry's friendly with the owner. He tells him yeah. to call it in and make sure yeah. you say that it's in progress. And then yeah. 
he wades into it and he kills him. And a variation of this scene is going to happen in almost every other one of these Dirty Harry movies. Oh, yeah. It's never done better than this. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, a, like, they'll stop everything for a random robbery or yeah. a random hostage-taking yeah. and Harry cleans up. Yeah. And the basic satisfaction of bad guys stopped by cool guy yeah. works. Yeah. But you have to dismiss the rest of it. In a way, it, it, it would have been benefited if it was just a dumber, emptier cop versus serial killer movie. Yeah. All the social speechifying yeah. makes the movie like somehow try to be more important than really what really works for the movie is we hate this creepy, scary, yeah. heartless serial killer. Yeah. And we want Harry to do whatever he needs to do. Be that cutting through white the... Hat, black yeah. hat. If he's got to cut through the red tape, he's got to cut through the red tape. And if he has to shoot this guy dead, yeah. then maybe he has to shoot this guy dead. Yeah. But it's a co- slow collision between these two forces, yeah. and I am on board for it. Yeah, um, it's it is Don not Siegel. for everyone. No, <laughs> it's it's Don Siegel. I do believe he's also. Didn't he also do um, Bonnie and Clyde? No, no, that's not Don Siegel. Anyways, I know Don <laughs> Siegel was a at this point a respected genre filmmaker. Um, it, this is the class. This is one of the blueprints, the archetypes, once again of the '80s action heroes. You know, the, you know, the, this is the film series that, re- even though there had been like classic one-liners before, this is I think probably the series that really kind of started it, where our action hero would kill the villain or at least one of the villains and say some sort of cheesy line like. You know, we we'll now have Asa La Vista, baby, and Yippie Kaye. But that became yeah. a staple of yeah. the action movie, yeah. very likely because of this movie. Yeah, like all of Arnold's lines and Stallone's and Dolph Lundgren, on and on and on. Like, this is the film series that started all of that. Uh, this director did The Shootist, The Beguiled, Coogan's Bluff, um, lots of, yeah. He, he's got a rich history. He's, he's worked yeah. with Clint quite a bit. And, okay. uh, Definitely fit into that era of 70s. I think he's responsible for at least a couple of classic Warner Brothers films, but yeah. Anyways, um, this is what you've probably seen the story uh, over and over and over again. But this is because of Dirty Harry. Uh, Like this is like uh, it. It is really the blueprint in that way, and so I. That's why I think it's sort of a classic in in all of the sort of the history of cinema is that this kind of felt. Like really, the first one we had John Wayne somewhat, but not as quite a cop thriller. So like this is the first real uh, cop tough guy thriller that then got spawned over and over and over. And again, again John Wayne or even Clint Eastwood himself is now with no name. That's a different thing. Yeah. That's 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 the Wild West. Yeah. Right. This guy's yeah. got a badge. This yeah. guy is supposed to be protecting us. And yeah. again. I love the people that will like, and again, I enjoy the movie for what it is for entertainment. Yeah. yeah. But the people who really champion the values that it's presenting, yeah. you know, America, yeah. freedom. Yeah. We want some guy who's going to violate our rights if he thinks that's the right thing to do to get the job done. Yeah. That's what we want. We're authoritarian at heart. Yeah. And if you start thinking that way, you're going to start not liking the movie. So just look at it as, like you said, black hat, white hat. Yeah. And yes, it's it is a, a modern. In some ways, it's a modern right. western, and in a way, it would almost work more effectively as that. Yeah. Um, but and a lot of the things that if you're watching it now, that you'll roll your eyes at him being yeah. yelled at by his superiors. Yeah. Or, or like things like that. Yes, agreed. Typical scene, 
Not as much in 72, though. Like, yeah. it was mainly all these other action movies wanting to be Dirty Harry that yeah. turned that into a cliche. Yeah. Part of the deal of being the badass is that you're always in shit with the people higher up. Yep. Yep. No. Um, uh, this also spawned also that cliche of, like, the dead partner yep. who gets murdered. I mean, and this is the film series that... They, makes fun of it <laughs> I think by even like the enforcer for sure um, because they make that like a, like a that's huge... a trolling almost yeah, yeah yeah so I do enjoy sort of its self-aware parody that it comes to its climax by the time the Deadpool hits um, but like this is this is the quintessential cop thriller template so I think to acknowledge it that way I do uh, want to mention Andrew Robinson okay yep yeah. Because this is one of the great freak roles. Yeah. I think, like, the closest thing that comes to it... I think Ted Levine gets there. Yeah. In, in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. But, like, he's not just, like, a, a Machiavellian, super brilliant serial killer. Yeah. He's dangerously, yep. obviously wearing it on his face. Yep. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I... That's not easy to play, and uh, I think that he does a really good job. He does, great, he does an amazing job, actually. Especially because, like, you and I recently talked about Hellraiser. Yep. And in Hellraiser, he's this meek, nice dude. Yep. And you kind of almost don't trust it. Yep. Because that's the dude from Dirty Harry. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no. Um, and, and apparently he didn't get much direction from Don Siegel. He just, I think, was perfectly cast and such. So said, you know, just keep on doing what you're doing, and... Just something about the way he holds his face. Tom Noonan in, in, yeah. in uh, Manhunter does similar things where there's just something, even when he doesn't say anything, just seeing his face, you're like, oh no, this guy is broken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And he, like, his laugh and everything. Um, you really, really want. Well, see, that's the sort of defining moment of Dirty Harry is when he tortures him yeah. in that football field. Like, Andrew Robertson's performance is so well done but at that point you are manipulated to really cheering on that stepping on of the leg yeah um and it, this is the thing that still goes on in joker yeah i mean spoilers for joker yeah when joker pulls the trigger on that media dude yeah the movie wants us to want him to do it yeah right yeah and so it's sort of playing on a similar anger and a similar uh darkness yeah yeah yeah, yep. I do also want to shout out uh, Rennie Stanton, who plays Chico Gonzalez, who is Judy Harry's partner, uh-huh. who does start the. Um, I, it's just one of those things that I, I like. Every episode I want to mention them because. Dirty Harry's partner is like Spinal Tap's drummer. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, it's not yeah. going to work out, you guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Also, shout out to Albert Popwell. Um, he plays. Uh, in the, He's in every Dirty Harry movie as a different character. That's right, yeah. He is, he is the Kenny of, the, of that film series. He's uh, um, he got to know. I got. He, I, I got to, to know. know. Yeah, he's yeah. the he's the robber in the first one. Yeah. So he's part of a classic cinematic scene. So good on for him. Um, yeah, that's kind of fun that they sort of tie that through. At least the first few movies, anyway. Yeah, I just love his performance. The second one as well. So brief, but damn. Anyways, look, this is a classic movie. Um, I say it's sort of. 
It's classic, but it ain't bulletproof. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. You, uh, could, you could stop and get stuck with its politics. I think they become more... Definitely by the third one, it becomes just kind of hard to swallow. I just feel like it's hard for anyone to take me seriously if I get my chip on my shoulder about yeah. it too politically. Because, again, yeah. I have no problem watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. movies. Yeah. It's just the innocents being slaughtered. Like, yeah. why is that okay and this not? It's I'm not saying this is not. Yeah. But I am saying that if you fight this movie, you'll probably win. Yeah. John Rambo, a drifter, just passing through their town. Morning. Headed north or south? North. Now jump in. I'll make sure you're heading the right direction. Huh? You got some place I can eat around here? There's a diner about thirty miles up the highway. Is there any law against me getting something here? Yeah. Me. I want you to book this gentleman for vagrancy, resisting arrest, carrying a concealed weapon. They knew he was innocent. I'm starting to dislike you. A lot. And they didn't give a damn. That's okay, Warren. Don't worry about the soap. He's tough. Just shave him. Crack. Don't move. I don't want you to cut your own throat. John Rambo. One man who's been pushed too far. You're finished! You've gone as far as you're gonna go! Headed straight for the top. Right on top. There's no way out of here except through us. He was hunted. Trapped. There he is! On the cliff! And forced to fight back. Don't push it, I'll give you a war you won't believe. Teasel, you and all your men couldn't handle him before. Now, what makes you think you can handle him now? Because God knows what damage he's prepared to do. So, First Blood you. is actually based on a novel. Yep. Uh, and uh, there David Morrell, no less. A lot of uh, novels like this about sort of damaged... Vietnam veterans trying to, you know, readjust into the real world. Mm. And unsurprisingly, in its adaptation to the big screen, some major compromises were made. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, the ending, not to jump right to the beginning, but in order for this series to have a franchise, John Rambo necessarily needs to survive this movie. Yeah, I don't think they were thinking franchise at the time, though. And, uh, well, the novel definitely wasn't. Yeah. Um, but uh, they they even actually shot a version of it where, where he was killed. Yep. But uh, they, they didn't end up going with it. But they also, I think, made a bit of a compromise because I'm fairly certain in the book he does murder a couple of the cops. Like, mm -hmm. he has a flashback of being caught, uh, mercilessly cut yeah. when they're trying to forcibly shave him. Yeah. And in the movie, he beats the shit out of them and then he escapes. Yeah. And in the book, he disembowels one of them with yeah. the razor and breaks another guy's neck or something. I will take and your word for it. then he escapes. And uh, I haven't read the book. I read uh, uh, this article about... Uh, on, uh, when I was looking up on the movies, anyway. Yeah. So I don't want to give you the pressure that I've read the book, but okay. these are the compromises that they made. Uh, like, I think he was much crazier and much more, like, like dangerous to the police. Yes. And in the movie, I, I, I think 
with the Brian Dennehy's character, they're trying to be a little bit balanced. Like, he's just a, a cop, and he thinks he's doing the right thing, and he's protecting his t- town. But he triggers this crazy Vietnam vet. Yeah. And uh, between his actions and then the actions of his moron <laughs> police force, yeah. Um, yeah, Rambo gets triggered full-on back into war mode. Yeah. And after the accidental, in this version, death of one of the officers, a yeah. full-on manhunt goes on in these woods. Yeah. And they have no idea who they're dealing with yes. <laughs> at all. Yeah. And they're, like, yeah, they're, they're lambs to the slaughter here. Yeah. <clears throat> so I really like the approach that, like, both of the men are very flawed. Both of the men make mistakes. But yeah. in the movie, we're kind of allowed to like both of them in spite of it. Oh, I but, think we sympathize with John Rambo a heck of a lot more than But we are allowed more access to Rambo than we are to the Brian Dennehy character. Yep. And he did not want any of this to happen. And yep. it is his fault. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All he had to do was take him to a restaurant, buy him lunch, maybe give him a ring for the night... And that guy's probably gone the next day. That's one of the greatest ironies of, the, of that he whole He sees this guy yeah. and correctly sees, like, this guy looks dangerous. Sure. <laughs> and but... he escorts him out of the town very unpolitely. Yes. And Rambo decides he doesn't like being treated that way and yeah. stubbornly, stoically walks back in to go eat at the restaurant. Yeah. yeah. And it escalates. And I've worked with enough police officers to know, like, you can talk yourself into a cell, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, 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 what could have been just a conversation between you and a police officer can very quickly become, you know, yeah. cuffs on you. And that's sort of it, like, it needlessly escalates. But instead yeah. of it being, you know, a night in the cells, it becomes a substantial body count. Yep. But I, I like that it at least attempts not to be completely black and white. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's sort of what gives this movie its edge. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was a term for, like, uh, post-traumatic stress. Well, it wasn't popularized. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't a popularized term at this point, but yeah. it's exactly what they're dealing with. Yeah. Uh, here and uh, the movie is dramatically potent and it takes itself seriously much in the same way when we talk about Dirty Harry and the first Dirty Harry franchise yeah very seriously focused and for this movie it 100% works and it establishes the character in a very strong way he doesn't have a lot to say it's a very action oriented movie for Stallone but that's Uh, what he does I think he has a lot to say in the latter half of the movie at the end of the movie but for most of the movie it's action it's him doing stuff in the woods hunting a boar making a trap falling through the trees it's uh, climbing a mountain yeah so yeah it's a classic for a reason I understand why it spawned a lot of sequels but Mm -hmm. as we will discuss a lot of the sequels do not resemble this in any way there's no gray in the subsequent sequels it all goes to black and white so big fan of First Blood that's where I start well I don't think in uh, in at least American cinema at that point they had really sort of talked about uh, the mental illness of PTSD at at least in relation to the Vietnam uh, War era um, we, this is actually loosely based off a World War II incident where the same thing happened. This uh, drifter who had survived fighting in World War II wanted to at least come to this village was not he was given a, not a great greeting and then snapped. And then you have to you stop and think about it. It's a pretty cool idea. These people are like well trained in the art of savagery, killing, and 
living out in you know the wilderness and whatever. It, it makes for a sort of almost almost a great monster movie in a lot of ways. Well, and he's the the difficult thing is that he's like a hero too. Yeah. He's like the ultimate yeah. soldier in a yeah. lot of ways. And all and he wants is a little bit of love and respect. He really. gets none of it, and yeah. he is driven mad. Yeah, he becomes them. He goes from hero to monster. Right? Yeah, but he is made that way by the idiotic police force yeah. that of this small Washington town. The first two thirds of this movie are like thrilling. Like my heart was going boom boom boom. Even when Stallone was riding off in the motorcycle without the helmet, that's all him. Yeah. You know, I mean, granted, it's like pyrotechnics going going off at a certain point, but then we see him climbing on a, like like a cliff, much like this, and then like almost fifteen year, ten years later, he'll do it again in cliffhanger. Yeah, but and that's he legitimately busted his ribs jumping oh. into the trees off of that cliff. Yeah. and again, no stunt. To- <laughs> yeah, like this is the time of the action hero where there are bumps and bruises and broken bones and concussions and whatnot, and I was kind of impressed with that because. A lot of action films today, at least by big budget uh, studios, there's a lot of CGI and you know actors jumping off mats with wires and everything. At the risk of sounding old, one of the great things about the ten movies you and I are talking about yeah. is there's not one fucking frame of CGI. Yeah, like it's it's you know either stuntmen or the actors themselves doing it. Yeah. So I at least want to give a shout out. It made me sort of remind me of an earlier uh, act, Stallone action film, Nighthawks. Do you remember right. that one? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the the big thing about the big splash about that movie, at least in, in you know advertising of it, besides Rudger Hauer as this villain was the big budget stunt at the end where he's dangling from this, uh, one of, I don't know, we would you call it gondolas or whatever, that these two... Wire gondola thing. Yeah, yeah, and he is dangling from one, and you know, in the big wires, and, and if it ever broke, he would fall into the river and die just from the impact. So he was generally risking his life in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so him climbing on, you know, that cliff, that's him and that look of fear, that's really Stallone doing that look of fear. So... Uh, where I think it kind of, for me, stopped it from being, and it's still a classic movie. Like, you can argue whether this is a bad movie or a good movie. It is a classic movie. I, I, I do believe it is in the film registry, oh, yeah. uh, at least for aesthetic purposes. Uh, I mean, it spawned, well, like, not only, you know, the film series, but a cartoon, toy line. Well, I can't tell you if there was any bigger action franchise in small-town Alberta in the 80s yeah. than, than Rambo. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Until Die Hard came along, yeah. Even Lethal Weapon would take second tier, I would think. Yeah, like the then American president, uh, you know, said John Rambo is a Republican. Yes. Uh, so in some ways, he did sort of represent at least that image of. Um, but it's it's that monologue, and it's that he gives at the end about uh, you know you know how he's been treated since he's got home. And it's so beautifully done by Stallone. Like, it's actually a well-written and a well-acted scene. Yes, the emotion is absolutely there. But full disclosure, I almost felt like I needed to put subtitles on to get the words like some I, I lost some of his words sure and it was because of the performance like yeah. it was appropriate performance wise yeah 
But I remember when I was a kid, yeah. I, I actually lost some of the nuance. Because I've watched a lot of Stallone, I sort of yeah. feel like I understand him more. It's kind of like, a, uh, this is a weird comparison, it sure. sounds unkind, but yeah. the more you watch The Princess Bride, yeah. the more you find Andre the Giant easier to understand, Yes, because you attune to yeah. his, his, yeah. his ways. Well, Stallone actually has a medical condition where like his uh, mouth is not fully formed. I think he, he has like a vocal tick. Right. Um, so that just, well, I don't mean to disparage him that way. No, no, and no. I do think that the scene is absolutely strong and it does work. Yeah, but it I should think have some happened. of the words are lost. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, I think it shouldn't have happened at all, or it should have happened earlier in the in the film and by himself, like in the jungle, having him kind of like really we, we see the psychosis start to happen in, in him, and maybe have that. I think a more appropriate ending where like. Stallone comes out and the town's on fire like it's just destroyed and you know the what John Richard Crenna which is like commander that's his commanding officer yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he says you know time to time to go home John and like Stallone goes where is home like and then Ed credits right I think just it was just one step too much for me uh, other, uh, and then it would have been like cla- like I'm talking like a really really classic action thriller um, it's still very good, very serious. The stunt work, like, is amazing. If you stop and look about, like, that's all Stallone doing that stuff, uh, and I just go, wow. Well, uh, I think Richard Crenna is kind of a big actor. Was always kind yeah. of a big actor, but in a way, he was very appropriate for this role. Like, yeah. his bigness works yes. against Stallone, so yeah. I think it was a case of good casting in, yes. in that particular stunt. Yeah. Um, I like that the that the cops become their own worst enemy. Like they yes. they oh. awaken this demon, but like the monster was there. They yes. poked the monster. Yeah. Right? yeah, So like he came with all of this danger in there, and that's the interesting question of the movie that the other movies are again not going to touch. Like yeah. when he's back in the jungle, when he's back in the thick of it, when he's yeah. back at war, is he in some way happier? <laughs> like, yes. Yes. This is what he knows. This is what he knows how to do. Yeah. These guys are not even a serious threat to him. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Um, and that is interesting. Like, yeah. Uh, oh no. I mean, that. I think that's something that the book uh, at least tried to. I'm guessing at least tried to explore. Um, this is more of a thriller than like they've talked about trying to remake this more than once, um, and that might. They would really have to change, like, make this more into almost a horror thriller, where you like John Rambo still is kind of the antihero, but as psycho, well, he is a psychopath, but I'm really make him scarier. Yeah, yeah. The biggest of the asshole cops, the yeah. guy who gets the fall out of the helicopter yeah. and is like really getting off on torturing him with the fire hose and everything in the precinct, is a guy named Jack Starrett. Yeah, or Jack Starrett. He directed. A film called Ride with the Devil. Did you see that one? Yeah. They're all in a motorhome and they encounter Satanists on the highway. No, with, no, 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 I'm anyway. not. Yeah. Um, I I think like in the way he was supposed to represent like the worst of the police. Yeah. I think like the you know uh, Brian Dennehy character yeah. flawed but not evil as the way I yeah. always saw him. Yeah, he soon realizes his own stupidity and what what this what it's cost. The him. David Caruso character yeah. and that whole gang. Yokel's good old boys flawed yeah. but not evil. Yes. Starrett? Yeah. 
evil, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, that was the guy. Yeah, um, and uh, I don't know. I, I like. I think you were saying you wanted to see more of the psychological falling apart of Rambo in the woods. Yeah, I wanted to see Dennehy's side of it a little bit more. A yeah. because I just really like that actor. No, I like Dennehy too. All right, he's rest just in peace, always at a slow boil. Yeah, he's just like he's not showing you, but you feel it coming yeah. from him. Yeah, this is all his fault, and he fucking knows it. He yeah. won't admit it. He can't say it out loud. Yeah, but it but is he knows his yeah. fault, and he. Like, he needs to personally put this thing to bed just for his own sense of well-being. Mm -hmm. And even though he's the villain, he's our adversary structurally in the movie, Yeah, I kind of feel for him to his limited degree. Okay. And I like that, you know, he gets his legs taken out, literally, mm -hmm. and he is completely bettered <laughs> by Rambo yep. in one of those cases. And I've said this before in the podcast where... Our, our our adversary is defeated, but not killed. Yeah, I like that. Yep, yep. <laughs> and in a lot of action movies, it doesn't work. I mean, we've had yep. this conversation before too, where some guy kills a hundred minions yep. to get to the big bad, and then is like, "You're not worth it." <laughs> yeah, that pisses me yeah. off. Yeah, this is a nice compromise. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, I mean, he, his life is left shattered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not walking away unclean from this. No. So, you know, in some ways his fate might be worse. But I think that uh, my guess is that they would have spent more time on that in the book. And yeah. uh, if I think given equal weight to these two adversaries and us having mixed feelings about both of them, yeah. that really would make it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't really disparage like First yeah. Blood. It is it is one of the great action movies of the 80s. Yeah. It, so. it, it, well, I was surprised how well made it was uh, just because I my, my memory of the Rambo films are loud explosion and, and very cartoonish yeah where this not this one not this one like this is this is a thrill act like I'll say thriller and then action I do love the look on Denny he's face when the first police officer is, is killed and he's just like Oh, oh yeah, that's the moment he realizes that it's really gone out of control. Yeah, it was already bad when you know the, the character escaped and all the and that gas station exploded and everything, but that was like now people are dead and that's when uh, you know different law enforcement is brought in. And again, like asshole or not, they've worked together for a long time. Like yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. and. Uh, it's never good yeah. to have a death on you. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that it. I love the gray of the movie, and yeah. I wish that going forward in the franchise we had more of that. Yep. No, I agree. Um, I even sort of had like, um, like, what would you say, villain or hero for uh, for John Rambo? Like again, I think he makes that sort of metamorphosis. He was a hero, and he becomes a villain, but in that weird like inexplicable to him falling down kind of way like I'm the bad guy yep but the police came and fucked with me and like all I know how to do is defend myself and yeah. so that's what I did yeah but you're not in the jungle you're not in Vietnam yeah. you're not taking orders from anybody anymore yeah. you're back in the quote unquote real world yeah and because of how damaged you are by what would happen to you I don't think that registers I think he's still at war I think Rambo's always at war. Yeah. Like, until Last Blood, even when he's sitting on his front porch in New yeah. Mexico or whatever, yeah. he is still no, fucking at, at war. war. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, these two are mature in candidates. Yeah. They are addicted to violence. They, they, they secretly want it. They are, in fact, 
How did he created happen? serial killers? How did he happen to bump into these human traffickers? Yeah. Well, maybe he just put himself there. You <laughs> yep, know, like, that, that's what I'm saying. But that's a question for another movie. Is yeah. there anything more we should say about First Blood? No, First Blood is fucking awesome. Eastwood is back in full force as Dirty Harry in Magnum Force. Jimmy Riley, big time racketeer. Lou Guzman, narcotics king. J.J. Wilson, well-known pimp. There are killers on the loose, dressed like cops, and they always use a magnum. You and your partner are back on homicide. It's a little dramatic, isn't it, Briggs? Not your usual style. It's meant to be, Callahan. Look, this thing might be bigger than even we think it is. This is the cream in the bottle, Callahan. Someone's trying to put the courts out of business. Magnum Force. Yep. Well, Magnum Force strangely has some stuff in common with Rambo, First Blood Part Two, and that because of the success of the previous movie, they're pouring a lot of resources into this. Mm -hmm. They know that there's going to be a lot of fan expectation. They're going to want, we're going to want a big movie. We want to take the next big, bold step in Dirty Harry. What's he going to be after? What's he going to be tackling this time? And I think the movie is a sort of successful in at least sort of making Harry's world bigger and uh, raising the stakes. The tricky thing is that Harry is this, quote, rebel authoritarian, right? Like, sure. like that's what we've been established, right? He, yeah. He's got a badge and a gun, but he, he, he don't follow a lot of he rules. Hates, he hates the system. So to put Dirty Harry against this sort of secret coven of, like, crooked cops that are going yeah. around executing killers that are getting away with it, that are slipping through the legal nets, yeah. uh, is basically putting Dirty Harry against Dirty Harry. Which I think is a brilliant idea. If they'd explored it, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but Dirty Harry's the good guy, and these cops are the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, the most obviously represented by Hal Holbrook, which just seems like at first he's the guy who's tying up the knots that's causing all the problems. Yeah. But he's only doing that because in his heart, he would rather just shoot a dude in the face. In his heart, he would rather just be Dirty Harry. And in making everything bigger for the second Dirty Harry movie, they also made some of the problems bigger. One of the things that I hate about this movie is how in love everybody in the movie is with Harry Callahan. Yep. All of the other cops want to be Harry Callahan, yeah. and every fucking woman in the movie wants yeah, to sleep with see, Harry Callahan. Yeah. Every single one of them, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's gone from like... It being at least aware of itself to if it is still aware of itself kind of gross on that spec. Yeah. And you're right. The concept of these like the King of New York cops, right? Yeah. That are just so sick of getting raspberried by these criminals that they've spent yeah. years of their lives trying to incarcerate and that yeah. the smallest thing you know these guys get to lie and cheat all of their lives but yeah. if you guys forget to cross the t or dot an i yeah. or lose your temper during an interview once it all fucking falls apart yeah like we can relate with that frustration yeah not to the point of shooting a dude in the face yeah but there's real meat to this yeah. which is what makes it kind of frustrating yep like yep 
they have great ideas here. Yeah. But the movie opens like a Bond movie, right? Close up of the revolver and the overlap of, of, of Harry Callahan. Yeah. So is this a dumb cop superhero movie or is this like a socially conscious thriller with a message? Yeah. And in the end, and I know it's a beloved film, it's kind of neither. Yeah. Uh, it's not as good as Dirty Harry. Yeah. But it's strangely more complex than Dirty Harry. And, um, yeah, it definitely continues to press the buttons. Yeah. You know, they make sure, once again, that those bad guys that are getting murdered are really bad. Yeah. This is a pimp that'll feed drain cleaner down, yeah. down a prostitute's throat. If yeah. He's yeah. not like, uh, uh, you know, and these guys that uh, get that get out of uh, court and they drive away in a limo, yeah. basically flipping the bird at the yeah. at, like the cops and at the press, yeah. and like they they get you kind of mad and not necessarily on side, but you get it. Yeah, but it's all in service of what in the end is just a revenge shoot 'em up. Yep, yeah. um, a good, fairly entertaining revenge shoot 'em up. Yeah, but. It's just not as smart or as deep as it wants to be or should be. Yeah. That's where I start. Somewhere John Milius is probably giving you a, a secret hug. Oh, yeah? Because he would completely agree with you. Okay. Um, there is a draft. I mean, he is credited with, uh, I think, writing the screenplay of this movie. Um, we'll talk about actors and their egos and, and, and sort of out, of out of control. This is actually based off of, like a original source, but it's not original source material, but a, a series of novels. Right. There's a Dirty Harry novel series. I've and, not read any of it. I yeah. don't know anything about it. <laughs> well, I mean, they did obviously deviate, deviated from the books, but in the original concept, Dirty uh, John Milius wrote Dirty Harry as sort of this real loner, like has no, like his sex life is visiting prostitutes. Like he doesn't connect well with the outside world a whole bunch, uh, especially with women. It was Eastwood that added that whole angle of you know that that. Um, his neighbor wanted to sleep with him, and yeah. his secretary wanted to sleep with him, and the fucking girl at the coffee shop wanted to sleep with him. Well, but I mean, yeah, like the girl next door, and then and that whole angle was just all Eastwood's ego because right. he was dating woman uh, at the time that looked very much like that actor. So it was just like ew. It, it sort of took away what, and I think what Milius was kind of going for. Where here is this sort of broken human being, so addicted to the job, and so you know, and has his own moral code. Um, that in it, its way Rambo's more honest about this character yeah it, it Harry feels... Callahan likes likes to shoot people he likes delivering yeah. justice and he likes doing it his way and on yeah. some level he gets off on it yeah and not only does he think it's cool but everybody around him thinks it's amazing too yeah. at least Rambo's this like struggling loner who seems tortured yeah yeah and that's the, and, and, like this film also is it's a huge cartoon also, I mean, not that the original film also had scenes that really had nothing to do with the overall narrative, but we're still sort of exploring the sort of psychology of Harry. There is this scene that we're involving an airplane that has nothing to do with the overall story at all, and it's just there to show you just how Looney Tune crazy Dirty Harry really is. Well, it's like the scene at the beginning of the Dirty Harry. Do yeah. you feel lucky, punk? Yeah, it's that version, and this happens in almost all of the Dirty Harry yeah. movies. Yeah. There'll be an adjacent crime that he yeah. just happens to be there yeah. for, yeah. and it's silly every time, but it's also kind of what we're there to see. Yeah. So, but it's, it's so ridiculous, though. Yeah, like it feels so foreign to what has happened bef all before. Like at least at that point, everything sort of seems somewhat grounded 
in that police cop kind of things, but this is like jihad terrorists that he's taking down an airplane. It feels just completely separate and like cartoonishly goofy yeah. from you know what had come before, and it feels so out of step. And that does that doesn't quite seem like Milius as well. Um, he was more concerned with what I would call like sort of like the neo noir angle of like, of the Dirty Harry series, and this feels like a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, Entertaining again, though. Again, I'm yeah. feeling very negative. Sadly. Well, maybe the idea of the cops is strong because, in a lot of ways, they're just like Harry. Like, what right does he have to morally judge? And they really should have played more with it. You have like David Soul, and you have Robert Urich, and you have ah, uh, Thomerson. Yeah, yeah, like. It, all like very very capable so I kind of felt like they did need to explore that just a little bit more we did have some scenes with it well I thought it was interesting the final confrontations with Hal Holbrook again who is the guy the chief that was yelling at him earlier in the movie this big obstacle with with Uh, a side uh, with a side sign of villain now villain now but uh, again we're not necessarily surprised by it but he kills criminals and in his mind Harry isn't a criminal yeah so even though Harry spilled all these beans yeah. and killed all of his cohorts and like upset the apple cart completely, yeah. he drives away from Harry, leaving him alive, thinking, look, in the end, it's going to be your word against mine, and you have yeah. a history of violence, and yeah. I don't. Yeah. But Harry, unlike him, is fucking willing to kill the yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't shoot him in the back, but it's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> right? His yeah. car drives away and explodes. Yeah. And is that heroic? Because that's the climax of the fucking movie. Yeah, I know. I know. Look, <laughs> once again, Dirty Harry is a serial killer. I'm coming back to this whole Manchurian candidate where, I, like, secretly, like, there's probably some little, like, button in the back of his head saying, danger now, go agent. Like, because he just randomly does, saves the, all those people on the airplane. Like, yeah. It, where does that come from? It feels so alien. Um, and even like the sort of the side the side story with um, Sunny the character like Adele Yokoshika is the actor it just feels so different from everything that's come before I, it feels like a false note for the Dirty Harry character well it definitely feels less real not that the first movie was real but yeah. it has that sort of a, that again that 70's crime movie feel yeah. of real yeah. and this movie less so this feels again closer to a big James Bond kind yeah. of thing yeah. like that 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 airport hostage taking thing is sort of like the negative side of having your budget explode yeah in the original he's in a coffee shop and yeah. there's a few gunshots and a car runs over a fire hydrant yeah but now it's the sequel yeah so he's driving a fucking plane yeah it's like <laughs> when did we get here yeah exactly <laughs> no like th- this is like dirty harry five and six maybe when you do that but... uh, it's not as consciously silly and over the top yeah. as the second rambo movie but yeah. it's not far off point. no it is not and this is also a small gripe, and this is just, just for aesthetics. Not that there wasn't daylight sequences in the first Dirty Harry, but there was a lot of night sequences, and I just that feels a little more characteristic for that neo-noir type of thing, where this movie is bathed in a lot of San Francisco's sunny lights. It's cool because I've been to San Francisco, so it's neat to see, like, I've been inside that ship, and it is kind of a neat sequence done where he's got to, you know, use his sound more than vision in that subway sequence, but a lot of this movie is shot during the day, and, it was, and I just kind of went, ah, give me some more darkness a little bit, which is like, sudden in, impact is bathed in darkness. So there, yeah. just a little gripe there. I did like the end sequence inside that old sub uh, ship. 
Yeah. Um, and, it, and part of it, maybe it's just because I, ooh, I've been there. But it, just that little complaint of it turned into a silly, goofy action film and missed that heart of detective viewer noir a little bit. Classic sequel move. A yeah. little bit bigger, a little yeah. bit darker, yeah. a little bit dumber. Yeah. And uh, it still works. It still holds together and yeah. functions as a thriller. But yeah. I can't help watching it thinking how it could have been so much more. Yeah. His orders not to engage the enemy. He's got 36 hours to complete the mission and reach the extraction point. We're going down! You're not going anywhere. I'm telling you to abort. Double-crossed and left behind enemy lines. You're the one who's making the mistake. Yeah, what mistake? Rambo. And now, he's getting out any way he can. Rambo, what most people call hell, he calls home. No man, no law, no war can stop him. Sylvester Stallone is back. As Rambo, First Blood, Part 2. So, Rambo, First Blood, Part 2? Yep. <laughs> George P. Cosmotos. And uh, James Cameron. Yep, yep. He ha- he was writing Aliens and this film at the same time. So say what you will about, like, uh, bring us the sequel now. They didn't, like shortchanged them. They, they brought talent on board. I mean, I guess James Cameron was not yet James Cameron as yeah. we know them, but it wasn't like they sloughed this off on, you know, the second unit team or some uh, up-and-comer that they, they think might have talent. You know, they wanted yeah. this to... They saw what happened with First Blood and they wanted to capitalize on this. Yeah. Like, it's not called show friends. It's called <laughs> show, show business. business. Nice. So I, I, I get why this movie happened. <laughs> okay. You'll be shocked to know that Stallone's ego might have had an issue with this movie. <laughs> Even James Cameron goes on record go, and kind of goes, well, I did write a screenplay this movie, but it certainly wasn't quite that. So, uh, yeah... Um, yeah. This movie, unlike First Blood, which was much more interested in the inside of John Rambo, yeah. <laughs> is much more interested in the outside of John Rambo. Yeah. By that, I literally mean his oiled-up musculature yeah. and bandana comes into it's play. It's in this man. <laughs> It is not completely heterosexual. (laughs) No. There's a great undercurrent of this if you... Because, of course, when I was a kid, I didn't feel or look for this. Top Gun is the most infamous of this, but I do think it's throughout a lot of these 80s action movies. Like, if you want to look for it, it's it's there. there. And I definitely think it's here. (laughs) Oh, yes. There's a lot of appreciation of the physical male Back muscles, especially. (laughs) Um... But that, that should is be a, a meme, honestly. 
but that is a notable change. Like, yes. I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah. wrong. Like, no, 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 no. The no, first no, no, movie no. was not distracted with these things. No. And it wasn't trying to portray him as super awesome. I, I, I'm trying to imagine, like, the writer David Morrell, the, the writer of the novel, watching this movie and what he would, th- and what he would like, thought. Well, he cashed the check, I'm sure. <laughs> so, like... But he had at least some emotional attachment oh, to the character. Sure. So to see this... Yeah. <laughs> Well, to be fair, we open and he's in jail. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, his commander brings, uh, talks to him and, uh, you know, want to bring him back into the fold because yeah. Chuck Norris missing an action style. They believe that there have been men left behind in Vietnam. And yeah. who better than John Rambo yeah. to go lead this front? Yeah. But then, of course, there's the sinister powers that be. Yeah. Uh, the man. Yeah. We'll say the, the man. That, uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's too much of a political hot potato and too much of an ugly news story to let out that that there's been people held captive this long and we haven't done anything about it. Yeah. Blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. We're the same thing with Dirty Harry, always flipping the bird to the people in charge, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you guys can't do it. Just send me in there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I am the solution to all problems. Yeah. And... This becomes the ethos of every movie going forward. That yeah. the solution to every problem will be violence. Yeah. Libertarians right now are just, just like jerking off. Sorry, so, I said that. that was... that's, that's fine. Because it, yeah. it's not untrue. Yeah. Um, so the journey from a arguably at least attempting to be deep sort of psychological yeah. action thriller. Yeah. We, we, we jumped several gears up into just full-on, I think, dumb action movie. Oh, it's a cartoon. <laughs> but not unentertaining. Okay? Oh, I, like, once again, I agree. I'm going to talk a lot of shit about the movie, and there's a lot of like eye-rolling things, yeah. the whole love interest angle of the movie, yeah. and like yeah. the the bad dude from Karate Kid. Like, there's, yeah. there's like lots of shit here that is like... At one hand, face palming, but at the other hand, yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah, Stephen Burkoff's in this movie. Do you remember Stephen Burkoff? Oh, yeah. So it somehow manages to be a awesome bad sequel. Yeah, like it's like <laughs> they used the same characters, but they gave us something really completely different. <laughs> they really did. Like, yeah. Um, it like this movie almost. I wouldn't say right from the get-go is go, but pretty quickly. Like, as soon as he's in that helicopter, or not helicopter, that uh, jet or, or airplane, yeah. and there, and he has trouble with his parachute, that movie's go, 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 really, for a whole bunch of it. Yeah. There's maybe a couple of, like, pauses on a boat where, you know, they have lovey-dovey eyes with the... The freedom fighter, but uh, those are always the time when you, whenever you're given time to stop and think yeah. about what's going on, yeah. it's a problem. Yeah, right? yep, absolutely. <laughs> and then it goes, no, no, move along. See this here, pow. Yeah, but then shit's gonna blow up. Yeah, and look at this awesome knife. I remember for whatever reason in elementary yeah. school, yeah. kids were fucking obsessed with, with the that, Rambo yeah. knife. Yeah, with the secret compartment and yeah. the handle and the compass and yeah. the thread in the needle and like. Yeah. And, uh, we thought him coming out of the mud was awesome. <laughs> and the headband. I don't know yeah. what the headband does for him other than like it yeah. be aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. And he totally does pose for the camera. Oh, dude, it's not... It's, it, oh, my God, we are, we're already here. Well, like, I mean, there, what else is there to talk about in the movie? Like, honestly, the, we could go more into the plot, but 
what? what? <laughs> <laughs> and, and like technically speaking, does the movie deliver as an action movie? Yes, yeah. I think we've covered that. Yeah. But I think the thing that makes it both hilarious and awful is what we're talking about is yeah. the posturing. <laughs> oh my lord! The I call this the the Stallone brand of cinematic acting, where if like and you watch his hands, watch his hands. They 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 curl up into a fist, both of them, and then he flexes as he walks yeah. like a robot. That's deliberate. Like he would do like um, push-ups or sit-ups and weights right before each take, so his muscles would be like premium ripped along with obviously oiling him down and everything. But this is him. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I know this is television and radio, but like it's like a robot in a lot of ways. His pecs move to his arms; they are in unison. There is a scene early in another fantastic '80s action movie, Predator, yeah. where. Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. greet each other yeah. and smack their yeah. arms yeah. and there's this big bulging sweaty yes. muscly thing yeah. and it's actually kind of cringy and embarrassing yeah. but Rambo the whole movie is that scene <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> that's his whole performance and I don't think it was meant to be funny nope. but I do think that it is funny <laughs> it's <laughs> funny and awesome at the same time it's just it, wow Weird Al Yankovic Made a movie UHF where yeah. he parodied Rambo, and yeah. honestly, like they're not far off. No, like <laughs> the oiled, glistening chest, and the fact that he barely ducks behind things. Yeah, he walks towards somebody who's firing a machine gun at yeah. him who can't hit him, and he just fires a bow and arrow. <laughs> <laughs> yep, like and explodes. If not, if I'm not mistaken, like the arrow was an ex- it's like a credit proof movie. It's yeah. one of those infamous we like like. I can't say it's good. I can't say it's good, yeah. but I can't say that I hated it's watching it. It's <laughs> entertaining yes. on that sort of candy. I will apologize to my good taste and brain. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost. It's not quite that. It's so bad. No, it it's not quite the so bad. It's good. It's not that. It's it, something else. It, that's the next one. <laughs> yes. Um, but it, it it just walks that fine line of of of, of cinema candy in a lot of ways uh, just yeah um i will th- there's one scene though where he like i lose all respect for any sort of heroism for this character like clearly dick move he's being chased by the russians so he actively goes through that village and endangers Everyone. every single person in that building this will slow them down yeah yeah it, it's, it's just like Oh, Rambo, dick move. He actively puts other people in harm's way by doing that. But whatever. No, like the... (laughs) The logic in this movie is bizarre. (laughs) But that's that's 80s action. You know, that's a certain... It's a certain sub-drama where you, you, you... have to understand what you're digesting, that it's going to be big bodies greased down, you know, the laws of physics do not apply in this movie. Uh, We've got one-liners, you know, we've got mullets, we've got, like, it is like homoeroticism action. (laughs) Well, and also just that thing, like, even if you haven't seen the movie, it feels like you've seen the movie the second the, you know government red tape dude is introduced you know yeah. oh this guy's gonna be full of shit and yeah. Rambo's yeah. gonna end up punching him in the face yeah. the second they introduce the love interest you're like yeah. oh she's gonna fall in love with him and then die yeah. <laughs> and oh, like yeah. it's just like like <laughs> like yeah. I'm, and you're never wrong 
You're never. Yeah. No, like this. This is the movie to. Uh, this is like to entertain. I guess you could see like the, the the masses, like the soldiers that got raw. You know, came home broken and scarred from Vietnam, and th- this was kind of their candy for them. This was the candy for the. Uh, how do we say this? Uh, just you're, you're lovers of action films, I guess. Well, it's also again, like I say, a salve to everyone who's still butthurt about yeah. America losing Vietnam. Yeah. This is yeah. the fantasy version where we go back and we yeah. win, win yes. it. We win it for Ronald Reagan. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and that's just, again, like the fact that his victory is a righteous one and he comes back and he and he screams like, I want these people yeah. to love me as much <laughs> as I love like, my country or whatever yeah. the fuck he says. I can't yeah. remember the oh, line. Yeah, yeah. But like... <laughs> and we died for them. In, in the previous movie, he would come back further damaged. Yeah. More broken. Yeah. More dangerous. Yeah. More, you know, like yeah. fragile. Yeah. And no, now he is this fucking... Immortal, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> this like unquestionable, yeah. unbreakable hero, yeah. Yeah. and like the only thing he could do to become a bigger hero would to be to I don't know work with the Taliban or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but just the juxtaposition from the end speech of the first one to the second one, you're just like, wow, like that is kind of like really powerful. To what the fuck is this? <laughs> it is just like and and like this is I. I Almost this and Cobra was probably just where, and you were. I think you talked about this earlier. Yeah. When Stallone, yeah, when, when wait off when, the like just you know, you were just smidge off the first time. You started at when, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but it's George P. Cosmatos. He was the director who, if you needed something done on time, and the, and your big movie star was secretly directing the film. That's and I must we, remind everyone this was the eighties, the age yeah. of excess. Yeah, like the amount of cocaine on set probably couldn't be adequately measured on any man-made scale. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah but at least in the studios in L.A. Yes, yes, but yeah, no. Uh, I mean, it's. I don't know. It's, it is what it is. Hey, and I there's I I think there's actually two versions of this as well. I sort of like in your copy. Does like he start in in in, in prison? Prison, yeah. yeah. I, the one I have, he doesn't. Oh, it's weird. I, I don't know. To remember, am I am I blurring something? I thought he started off in prison in that movie. Am I crazy? Okay. <laughs> he did. I don't know. I don't know. We did. <laughs> to work. be continued. Yeah. Are we good on Rambo? San Francisco, sprawling, picturesque, dynamic. Eighth largest cosmopolitan city in the United States. Like every big city, it has its share of crime and violence. God! Don't let him kill me! He wants the car right now! San Francisco is the only city with a cop like Dirty Harry. What are you gonna do? Give him one. Clint Eastwood is... The Enforcer. The mayor of this pig city has been taken prisoner of war by the People's Revolutionary Strike Force. What do you want? You. What are you protecting these people for? You know how many they've killed? Sacrifices have to be made, mister. You've got the wrong number, boy. We don't deal in violence. What do you deal in? Waiting for all you white honkies to blow each other up so we can move right on in. You don't give up, do you? Sometimes. Not you. 
I'll tell you what you are to me, you little man. You're just a maggot who sells dirty pictures. Harry's got a lady partner. This is a first for him. Now I want you very slowly to put down that weapon and then on the deck and spread your legs. Are you kidding me? Okay, the Enforcer. All right, this is a kind of an unintentionally funny one, too. It's weird how the parallels keep happening between Rambo and uh, <laughs> Dirty yep, Harry. Yep. But I get the feeling like what they're going for here is a forward-thinking Dirty Harry movie. Like sure. a progressive Dirty Harry movie. Sure. So he's only a little bit racist and sexist in this movie. Okay. <laughs> as opposed to like just yep. owning it and yep. wearing it as proudly as he wears his police badge. Yep. But, like, there's this weird, almost condescending air. Like, I know they really want to make this strong female character, but she keeps on acting like such a fucking girl throughout the movie. (laughs) Oh, man. The uh, humor in this movie that draws a lot on the the, the female partner, it's cringy. Like, it's just like, oh. It's unfortunate. And, like, uh, it's it's aged badly, not because of the political landscape changing, but because it was kind of clumsy at the time and yeah. they probably should have known it and that this was their attempt at like a strong female figure in yeah. an action movie and like maybe for the time it counts but by today's standards the, this actress she was on Cagney and Lacey yeah uh, um I'll find her name here anyway um She's kind of hung out to dry, <laughs> and yep. it's it's unfortunate. And dirty and, and Harry Callan is not really nice. Ty Daly, Ty Daly, name, yeah. I have the enforcer Clint versus third wave feminism. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also some disgruntled Vietnam veterans. In another way, it could have been Dirty Harry yeah. versus Rambo, which yeah. is another thing that kind of put a smile on my face. Yeah, and I think that the lead actor of the gang of like uh, people who are just they're, it's weird because they're sort of like half hippie, half veterans made up yeah. of the group. Like these people don't seem to mix together well at all. Yeah. But they're like ransoming. They're trying to make money and extort and 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 cause anarchy and 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 whatever. They're like scary hippies or whatever. Well, <laughs> the leader of that group is yeah. trying to do the same thing that the villain in the first Dirty Harry did yeah. with his crazy eyes. Yeah. But it is not working for me. Yeah. It kind of comes off as like I'm laughing at you, not with you right now. Yeah. But also in a way that I did kind of like enjoy it. Yeah. And he, the first kill he does when he sneaks up behind this guy with a knife. Like... Yeah. He's got a total murder boner on he, his face. I know, it's bizarre. It's just like, uh, I know that maybe that was supposed to be scary, but it came off funny to me, but I yeah. still enjoyed it. Yeah. So I'm going to let that go. <laughs> okay, fair enough. No, the Dirty Harry films like taking like real-life incidences in uh, the American psyche and, and put it onto that screen, and you can find that uncomfortable. The same time around the Zodiac Killer, uh, when he was doing his things, uh, San Francisco had also had just been reeling from a, a group of well, a black a group of black serial killers, a terrorist group called the Black Zebras, where they would yeah go they around, get into that too yeah and uh, go around and you know target essentially white people uh, and kill them. So they and it was teased a little bit in the original Dirty Harry. It they, they kind of went. But here it is in full force. And they do... I will give this film this credit this much. 
that they were even sort of talking about institutional racism at this point because the administration in this movie so badly wants to point these crimes on a group of black hoodlums and Dirty Harry's like, no. Well, that's, that's not what this is. That's very politically correct. It's it's mighty white of you, Lee. Which, okay, but whatever. I, fine. But, uh, but again, much like the, the feminist angle that they're yeah. going for here, yeah. the sort of racial politics that yeah. they're trying to play oh, no. with, I, I, yeah. it's not handled well. No, it's not. It's not handled well, even a little bit. Yeah. It's nice that they're trying. And yeah. again, and at the time that it was made, it was maybe considered progressive. But yeah. watching it now, it is awkward. Word. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. So, plot a little bit. Uh, Dirty Harry saves the day at the beginning of the movie like he always does, and he gets punished for it again yeah. like he always does. And he dresses down this female uh, applicant fairly successfully and correctly, I guess. Yeah. Um, but then ends up being partnered with her. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he has to save her life from notable incompetence and she throws up during an autopsy sequence she stands in the line of fire with a bazooka and dirty harry has to pull her aside yep. yeah and she dies to save dirty harry yeah <laughs> like she gives because yeah. the partner's got to die every single time and that finally gives her respect yeah no but I, what does harry learn does like like he likes her but then she dies and then it's fucking on right? <laughs> yep. like uh it, this all of this would have been interesting if the racially charged murders taught harry something or being partnered with a female who he initially underestimated yep. taught harry something but yep. he is a goddamn brick right yep. like, <laughs> yeah i'm not disputing that and it's hard to watch <laughs> like i said the humor that the filmmakers try it's just like oh guys i'm trying to imagine like someone like ronda rousey or even like Charlize theron like female action stars of today Look at this movie and go, bitch, please, because <laughs> it's like it. it she I found this w- herself by dying. I know, <laughs> and I'm screaming at the films and get some shoes on her. Get some shoes on her. There's the chase sequence where you're just like, oh, like even in 1976, you would have figured out. Put some sneakers on, girl. Yeah. No, and like this, this problem goes on for years and years to come. Yeah, there's a not necessary remake of Desperate Hours with Mickey Rourke. Yeah, Lindsay Krauss plays a female police officer. Yeah. she gets shot through the leg and she wraps the bandage over the nylon on her leg. Yeah, and it's just like, why do you have to make the female cop, for lack of a better word, such a girl? Yeah, every fucking time. Yeah. it's so irritating. I know. I know. And like I... they're they're almost overcorrecting to it at this point. Now, yeah. anytime there's a female police officer, she makes everyone else around them look stupid. But yeah. like, at for years and years, there yeah. was either no female character or she was like trying and failing to prove her worth. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just unfortunate that that's what the movie leveraged itself on. Yeah. But the relationship between Tyne Daly and Clint Eastwood is much more interesting than the random nonsense of this pretty weak sauce band of villains that we get. Yeah, they're, they're so cartoony that it's it's hard to take them even remotely seriously. He'll kill his own people if yeah. they get wounded because he doesn't want to slow down the works or, you know, get their names out into the public. And, yeah. Um, it's it doesn't feel soulful like he was ruined by war. It just feels like he gets a lot of sexual joy out of creating chaos and killing people and it's just not explored even a little bit yeah no but i mean if you stop you think about it a lot of the villains in the dirty harry series are 
like they're not deep. They're so cartoonish and they're snarly and like you could almost see the drool from at least one of the characters. Like they're just they're so over the top. Even with the monologuing, you're just like, oh, let it end, folks. And I guess with this one, this follows back in the whole right wing cartoonishy uh, of what the Dirty Harry series is. Um, the bazookas just seem once again so out of place in in a lot of ways. Uh, of what I I would say is a true Dirty Harry film, like it just feels. And that so I think was maybe their attempt to make it bigger. They they weren't able to, and I don't think they even tried to make it a bigger scale movie than the yeah. second installment. Yeah, yeah. This was the next Dirty Harry, not the biggest, best Dirty Harry. Yeah, very clearly. But it's I guess a little bit dismissive, like. If that's really how they're approaching it, like, yeah. how great could the movie have ended up being? Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're going to make a Dirty Harry movie, get excited, want to make the best Dirty Harry movie ever. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, there, again, like, I say all this terrible shit about it, but there is some entertainment value to the movie. <laughs> I, I found this kind of a chore to get through. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I think that the movie was sort of annoying me so much. The villains weren't doing it for me. Um, I thought like you, like the jokes really landed like a thud for me, and we haven't had a lot of like we have one liners, yeah, but we didn't have like comedy bits, yeah, like we had the infamous you know classic line from the first one, and then the second one, a man's got to know his limitations. What is the catch line for this one? Do you remember? Because I really can't. Well, that's statement enough in itself. Yeah, like I think it might be swell, but I don't know. Like it, it just. It just seemed very loud, and the script felt clumsily put together. And again, the climactic sequence, the bad guy is running away. Yeah. He's run out of ammunition. Yeah. He's standing alone on a platform. Yeah. Clint Eastwood shoots him with a bazooka, and he explodes. Yeah. Credits. Yep. Yep. Like, well, that's another police murder. I know he just killed your partner, and I know that there was yeah. no psychiatrist in the world that was going to fix this guy. Yeah, and so. I don't feel bad that he died, but you clearly just <laughs> murdered, murdered that him. person. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's not his first, nor will it be his last murder, but that's yeah. what we end on, right? Yeah. Yeah. He didn't have to pull the trigger. Yeah. He chose to pull that trigger. Yeah. Even how they handled the like the administration is sort of bumbling three almost two three stooges. Like, it just feels kind of cheap. They're not yelling at him this time. They're like, Oh Harry, you know you're, you're making us look bad. Yeah, yeah. All about the press. <laughs> like it just it felt eh. I will do a special shout out once again to Albert Popolo, who this time actually is given kind of a, a role a role as Big Ed Mustafa. Yeah. I think you know, when he's on the screen on the screen, the film does sort of kind of jump in a good direction. It's a good secondary character. I know that the storyline kind of is a red herring and goes nowhere. Well, but... he's a bad guy, but he's a bad guy that, that is sort of being exploited by the quote good guy. Well, yeah, and like you do sort of he does he does get screwed over yep. by Dirty Harry, so you feel for him. So at least I'll say that, he know, plays ball and he pays the price for yes, it. Yes, he does. And this is the kind of authoritarian that we cheer on. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I honestly, I think he's probably only the best. The thing that I remember positively about the Enforcer because I did not like this movie. Well, I did think it was kind of a cool move when like they they bailed him out to, to use yeah. him as part of their scheme. Like, yeah, that, that's sort of an interesting plot point in the script. But yeah. I don't know. I think there's something interesting about like seeing what the movie was trying to do and how 
horribly it's failing at doing it yeah but it becomes unintentionally funny i guess it's the unintentional humor of the movie that i ended up enjoying okay so like, and, i didn't and the struggle on tyne daly's face because like in one point like this is a good important feminist role but yeah. on the other hand it's so handled terribly yeah, but see. someone's gonna get this part and it's me yeah <laughs> and oh yeah no see i just it, I, the badness was not humorous to me. Dirty Harry. We're getting right into the meat of it. There'll be five more reviews and one heck of a long rank next episode of Rank and Review. But if you need something to fill your ears with in the time in between, check out the Terror Table podcast. Check out the Shelf Shedding Movie Show. And make sure you tell all of your friends about Rank and Review. And uh, thank you so much for your ears. I really appreciate it.